For uh, for you and Nitza to be privileged to be to witness the, the perception of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that this baby is bringing into the world, Mamish, and it's a simple for all of us because we're all going to benefit from it. Bezrat Hashem, Alavai. All right, we're, let's go right inside. Boys. We're in the bottom of page twenty-five. If you have the sefer or the or the printouts, bottom of page twenty-five, and we discussed before in the last year in the Bnei Mach Shavatova the Helga Piasetzner. That the goal that we've been working for is that there will manifest in us a passion and an imageless, imageless thought, imageless thought, he kept on speaking about it, an expansion of a thought, that's so strong, and that it'll clean, it'll clean us and be able for us to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in absolutely everything. That when you see people, you see God. When you see benches, you see God. That everything you see, you're pushing, you're seeing, you're seeing Hakadosh Baruch Hu. You're witnessing Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Now, if you go to the bottom of page twenty-five, the second to bottom line. Oh, can I just say one thing on that issue that you just said of last year? Because I was thinking about it, and I think that the uh, if we had the right language to use it, I think you would say what they're working towards is a paradigm shift. It's not like a machshava that you have. It's I'm actually just seeing things differently now. He didn't know how to say paradigm shift. 
But I feel like what he's trying to like push towards, I was just thinking about it, I was listening to the show actually again, and uh, I was like, I think that's what he's saying. Like, Could it's like be. Change from here, the way you see everything. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful word. Paradigm shift is a weird word that uh, Zalman uses a lot. Zalman Schachter, he used to use that word a lot. Paradigm shift. Well, yeah, his, his magnum opus is more or less paradigm shift. I think. Okay, could be. So let's go now inside the bottom, the second to bottom line. Lo anu et adam. Our goal here is not to nullify the senses of man that man shouldn't use his sight for seeing because we're saying he's just going to see Hashem. Olam lefanav. You live in the world. You see, he's saying over here, can't be that Hashem... Huh? Yeah, Hashem, Hashem didn't put you in the world to not see it. Pasha, Hashem did not put you in the world to not see it. Olam <coughs> lefanav. The world is before you. Olam yirei. The world will see it. The thing here, though, is that this new state of consciousness, of thought, <coughs> will enable you to see, mamish, to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu and everything. That doesn't mean to see how everything is litova. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying that literally, when you look at the world, when you talk to people, you're always in touch with an extension, not an extension, but a mitzvot of eloki, elokut that's in front of you. Ben she'istakel ha'olam u'bein lo. Whether you're engaged with worldly things, you're looking at the world, uben lo, or or whether you're just you're inside, you're just you and you. Veloshit bonen bedato bilvat shashemit barach shochena laolam umalchuto b'kol mashala. He's saying here, and this is going to be hard for some of us to swallow because he's saying over here what not to do. He's saying this is not for you to just contemplate in your mind alone in your dot that God is reigning over the world and He's king over everything. Because, let's face it, just sitting there thinking about that, tachlis, what is that going to be doing for us, right? This is very, very, very interesting. Da'at alone it is not sufficient enough to what? To bring forth to the emes. What do you think he means by that? By sitting and contemplating on the fact that it's like, it's really why Yidin, Yidin's, Concept, Yiddish, a concept of meditation is so much more than just sitting like this with consciousness. He's saying here before Maaseh. He's saying that's not enough, but it's before action. Yeah, yeah. More, what he's saying over here is there's that, there is Maaseh as well, but there's something in between the two as well. He's saying it's not enough for you to climb a mountaintop and think about how Hashem fills the whole world. Now, how does, he, how does he even prove his point? What good would it be for a person to just sit somewhere, close his eyes, and he'll contemplate clouds? Will he then cause clouds to come down upon him? So, some of you might say, yes. Right? That's not a Yiddish concept. The book, The Secret, is not a Jewish... There's something really problematic with it in its essence, okay? Just like when I went to, I, went, I, I told you guys I went to Landmark Forum once. You ever do Landmark? You do Landmark, right? Well, yeah. What the do you mean? Advanced course. Oh, the Advanced course. You guys know what Landmark is? <coughs> Yo, so you don't know what Landmark Forum is? Come on. And you, you probably... A lot of deep crying. A lot of deep crying. It's basically this, 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 this three-day seminar, and, and it was in L.A., and uh, of course it's packed with Yidden. 
<laughs> packed with yiddins, like all yiddin there. It was by the the Marriott, by right by the by, right, by, right by the airport. You know that? So uh, I had to go. It was Friday, Shabbos, Sunday. I couldn't believe I did this. It was like 15, 16 years ago. It was actually last summer, but I don't, I don't tell you. <laughs> and I went there, and like the opening session, Richard basically tells everybody how, you know, we're going to boil down your whole life in here, and it's all just, you know, a matter of, you know, it's, it's what's his, Eckhart, Warner, uh, what was his name? Eckhart Tolle. No, another guy, Warner, uh, I don't know, some, whatever, it's, it's not Scientology, but you hear what I'm saying. So at the end of the first session of the intro, where everyone's kind of like, okay, we're here, we're going to see how really the way we've been thinking is all wrong, and now we're going to put things into perspective and into you know, uh, compartments. So I just, you know, I, I raised my hand, the Kohen and me had enough. I'm like, I'm here, it's Erev Shabbos, this place is packed with you, and I got a beer for a deeper reason. And my friend Stewie packed me with Breslov booklets to give out to everybody during the... <laughs> That's like, there's got to be, I, I, have to, I have to figure out. So I just raised my hand, I said, Richard! I have one question, Richard. <laughs> oh, we have, here a, uh, 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 we have here an Orthodox. Yes, Richard. I have one question. It seems to me that after here, if, if we do what we're supposed to do here, with enough contemplation and just thinking about things right, that there's no room for, what's that? God. So all the black brothers and sisters, amen, they're, they're the one, the Yidin are all, oh my God, what did the Jews say? And the black, you know? <laughs> and the brothers and sisters are praising me as if I'm preaching in it, right? It was so so what, did, what did Richard say? Because obviously, what, you know, what are you going to say at that moment? That might crack down the whole thing. He, I'm sure I'm not the first person that ever said that to him. But um, he, said, he said, Solomon, hang out with that question. Hang out, yeah. hang out with that question. So I hung out with that question until I left with that question too, because I saw that. <laughs> I definitely hung out with it. <laughs> but I think that he's mechavin to the same theory. He's saying, okay, go somewhere. Can't even, even, even go there with that of Hashem. Sit there. Close your eyes as tight as you can. Why? This is not a, I'm sorry. You don't have the... As, as, as tight as you can, close your eyes. He says, Ma, that's not going to bring down something to you. What is he really, really trying to say? So look what he says here. Fifth line. Maybe, Jeremy, this is what you're mechavin to. This is key. What will be revealed in your midst? A new type of thinking, a new machshava that you didn't know of before, that it exists within you. And through it, you could now see everything. What is he saying here? He, big time. But, but aside than that, what is he saying about something that exists inside of us that if we tap into and if we access, what will what, change? It's the lens. It's a new set of lens. Rabbi David Aaron, in the intro of one of his books, says that a person that begins to see Hashem, what does he realize? He realizes Hashem was always there. But his, 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 his prescription has just been off. So what does that do to a person when he realizes Hashem was always there? It's just me that was off. As opposed to someone that says, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I don't see Hashem. What's that word that we're, that we're tuning into? Bitu. You see, when it's, I look, 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 and I couldn't find, then 
what does that say about me? I'm fine. I'm doing my, I'm doing my doings. I'm fine. It was Hashem that couldn't be found. But what he's saying over here is, you put on a new corrective lens, what do you realize? Oh my God. It was in front of me. Forget in front of me. It was in me the whole time. I just didn't learn how to access that which, I could, which already exists inside of me. My friend Moish Geller has the best Torah in the world. I say this every year in Slichas. We say, which means, don't throw us away from before you, but your Ruach HaKodesh, please don't take away from us. Right? So what, 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 what does that mean? Don't take away from us your Ruach HaKodesh. What are you admitting at that moment? What's that? You can't take away something from someone that doesn't have it. That means, I have Ruach HaKodesh, don't take it away from me. You can't take away something from me that I don't have. Okay, I can only take from Jerry this thing away from him, that, what is it, Tikkun HaKlam? Only gratitude. I can only take it away from Jerry because he has it. Can I take this away from Jerry right now? No, because he doesn't have it. He's saying the same thing over here. You'll, you'll realize that there's something inside of you that exists, and it's a new way to basically... Use the power of machshava, through which you can see Hakadosh Baruch Hu in everything. Now, when we hear this, we're like, we want to access this. I want to. Okay, so what is this? What is this? And we usually get very irritated when what? When it doesn't flow that fast. So he's going to give us very specific guidelines how to learn this sefer. And I'm very excited about this. Look what he says here. Lo divrei hazaya anu medabrim elecha. What's divrei hazaya? Hazui. Yeah. We're not talking about, you're not tripping, okay? Velo dvarim shelemala mina olam ve'ateva, and not things that are above this world and nature, asherak bnei aliyah yecholim le'agiyah eleha, that only specific enlightened individuals can attain. Dvarim betuchim vadaim, certain things, asher kol ish Yisrael yachol avo elehem, any yid, can come close to the words that we're speaking about. Bimeati tamtzut, with a little bit of uh, of hitamtzut of effort. Aval, this is the key word. Tmidit, consistency. That that we hate that word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's the that's Consistency. You see. If you show up to a shir every other week to get your fix, none of this will work. Even if you show up every other day to a shir, or even if you look at the Bnei Mach every three days, it's not enough. He's saying, but you don't have to be doing this all day long. Me'ati tamtzut, you got to be a little bit of effort, aval tmidit, as long as it's consistent. That every single day we tap into our gratitude, devotions that we have, that we have to keep on working on every single day. Every single day we go back to the breathing and a few other things which I sent out last week, which if you didn't get me, and those of us that are learning with us online, please email me and I'll email it to you, where these are clearly daily devotions that we could really do other than just Shachas, Mincha, and Maiv. He says, Aval Tmidit. These are not things that are against nature. You're not going to start to have to fight nature and go above and beyond nature. In fact, on the contrary, you'll start being one with your true inner nature, the inner nature of a nefesh elokit. Now, this is what he's, this is really chashuv. If it's hard for you to understand right now, 
איך אפשר להגיע לידי מצב אשר לא שערו לא אתה ולא חבריך? How can I get to this newfound place in life that I never imagined? Not me, not my friends. לא תתייאש ממנה. You won't, shouldn't have use from it. כי הכלל הזה תדע. Because you should know the following cloud. כל מדרגה גדולה, any high level, וכל מידה עילאה, and every exalted מידה, אשר תשמע, לא תתייאש ממנה. Anything that you hear of that seems way up there, saying the first thing you should do is don't have Yush to say, that's not for me, it's not in my cards. As high and exalted as it is. Now, he's not saying over here, when someone's talking about you becoming the Rebbe of the world. That's not what we're speaking about. But what we're talking about, any Mida that we want to conquer. What's a Mida? Let's put a Mida out here that we want to conquer. Lush Anger, Lush and Hara. What else? <coughs> big one. Yeah. That, that's probably for all of us. Absolutely. Myself included, big time. Tmidit. He's saying, that seems utopic. He's saying, oh, first of all, you're not there yet? It sounds simple. Al mimena. רק תחמוד אותן בלבך. Where do we know this word תחמוד from? That's it, that he brought. Covet, right? He says, covet this in your heart. ותתאמץ להגיע אליהן. And make every effort to reach these places. Now, he says, כי הרבה אנשים כבר נאבדו. Many people got burnt out. They got lost. ולא עלו אל המצב שהיו מוכשרים אליו רק מפני ייאוש זה. He's saying, what has Yehush caused people to do? It hasn't caused people that never thought of getting higher to lose their mind. It's people that Dafka did want something, felt it's impossible and not reachable, and then said, and they're completely burnt out. I can give you about 35,000 examples of people like this that I know in my life, and that you know in our lives, and we show up in this category many times as well. That we get burnt out. What, you can't get burnt out from something that you never saw as a goal. Well, it's also it's the process. I think we were saying before that it's the process that's... Nachon. Nachon. Like, that's part of the... That's what he's... Fo- finish line. That's what he's, he's saying. See the finish line. And then you'll realize that's not the finish line, but whatever you want to call that. See the finish line, but do not have any yeush to say, how come this isn't working? Nachon always talks about about restarting. And he would say, even within a day, he could have restarted a hundred times where you fall and you pick yourself up. But right. there's a whole concept of getting back up. But here he's saying something slightly different because a person that knows that he has to work on restarting all the time, mm-hmm. he'll be too tired at a certain point. So here he's saying, there's got to be a consistency, not a consistency of keeping on getting up, mm-hmm. but a consistency of seeing where you're at with, with goals in life. So it's a little bit different. I'm sure they're mechavin to the same place. Mm-hmm. Is that it's just a little bit of work every single day, but as long as it's every single day. That's the nekuda. Nachon. Sorry, do you mind closing the door? I'm sorry. Thank you very much. And not say that you're lost. Right. Now, what is, it, what is he really telling us about the way we judge ourselves? This is like a, a real big one. Yeah, that's how we started a few months ago. Like what I think he wants us to do is to fall in love with the process. To fall in love with it. Not just appreciate it and realize it's a process and accept that you're just a work in progress. 
I think what he's saying is he wants us to fall in love with the pro- that we're, that, what the process is and the fact that I'm even in the parsha. He wants us to fall. One. The other thing is he wants us to get real specific. My biggest pitfall is, is I'll be like, yeah, I want to be close, but I won't, I won't have a path. I won't have a bit well, closeness for me means this, so that's what I'm aiming for. Mm-hmm. And how do I get there? Um, well, I'm going to do this three times a day, and then I'm going to eventually get even closer and closer. Okay. But instead, we just say we want closest, and then we run outside into an open, limitless field, and, and, and you lost it. That happens to most of us. Yeah. That term closeness doesn't mean a thing. It's a nice word. It's so true, but no, there's all like all the good intentions are there and everything straight wanted, but you can't say everything. You have to say this, that, and the other. We're afraid of yeah. yeah, you can't just. Now say he says right here now. though, there's a he says there's a yesod for all this. There's a foundation behind this yush that causes us to crash. And we don't want to admit it, but look at the next two words, she yesodo atzlut. You know atzlut is atzel, lazy. Laziness, close. Atzvut is sadness. The lamed is that's, that's laziness. Killer. killer. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. It's the worst in the world. It's a, yes, you know, it's, 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 and all the all those farm of the Ramchal. This nikkud of atzlanut is a huge one, huge one for any any type of binyan of a man. This concept of laziness, which we what do we usually call it? Not laziness. What do we call it? No, it's, 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 it's hidden as the biggest Yetzirah in the world. Emes. Uh, uh, we say it's Emes. I'm not feeling, therefore, I shouldn't practice something. Okay. It's hidden in this, whole, in this word. Uh-huh. Reb Nassim says, Mamish, Reb Nassim speaks about this throughout the Kote <laughs> that, that, that this word, Atzlanut, is melubash in another word that we, deem, we, we, we think is holy. I don't feel this. So therefore, I shouldn't do this because Hashem doesn't want me to be a robot. But really what it is, is no, it's just something called atzlanut. He's not saying you have to feel all the time. Right. Mamish, it's not about you feeling all the time. If you felt all the time and and you based it on what you feel, we end up with certain, I don't want to say what, (laughs) other things that exist right now in the world that have confused the whole world. This is just partial. Call, call it for what it is. Don't start saying this is real or holy and stuff like that. If people just really wanted to go for, you know, the appeal, you know what this word comes, what, what other word we have in modern Israeli Zionism? The ma'apilim. Who are the ma'apilim? Does anyone know? There, this is pre-1948, the Ma'apilim. It's also a Shevet and B'nai Akiva, but that always gives me the jitters when I think of that. People would only want to grow, but they were okay with growing le'at le'at. Step after step. They wouldn't end up spending the rest of their days in the mud. They wouldn't lose the light. All the light and the holiness that was prepared for them. Now he's, now he's mamish, like, in this parak he's reminding, remember how the beginning of this parak began? He said, let's remember what it means to be part of Bnei Machshavah So now he's reminding us again 
how to really look at everything he's saying. This is going to give us a lot of chizuk, a lot. Lachen et kuntres shelanu. This kuntres, this book that he put together, lo tefater greda bilvad. It's not you won't you're not putter from saying I'm a, I'm done with it by just reading this and going through it. Rak til benachat. Learn this with nachas. I think Baruch Hashem that you know maybe we have too much nachas with how much you know how passively we're learning this, but we're not, we're not. It's not like every single even if we were learning every morning here, I would we wouldn't learn this every single morning because we'd get lost and and I have to. It, it should be clicking by now, and then we'd we'd, we'd sink into this place right away that he's speaking about. He is really tapping into holy patience, not excusive patience and cop-out patience. Tilmedehu benacha, learn this benachas. Velo It's not just about going through this. That's why, you know, in, in, in Woodmere, I've been privileged to be at a few of the siyumim that the Rebbe does, or Weinberger does, with the students when they finish a sefer. Do you know how many years it took them to finish Oras HaTshuva? Do you know how many years it took them to finish? I was at the Siyum, I played at the Siyum when they did a Siyum on Chovas HaTalmidim, which is Be'ez HaShem, that'll be our next one, Chovas HaTalmidim, the student's obligation to the P.S. Setzner. Do you know what it felt like in the room when they finished it? It was years. It's not a big book, but they learned it benachat. They learned it mamish benachas. Kamaim, mamish, going inside it, water that goes inside that rock. Give a little breather before each parsha that you're learning over here, between each parak. Divide it up into days. Learn a little bit today, a little bit tomorrow. By the way, for some of us, the way we've been learning is very hard because sometimes we'll learn three lines for two weeks. Sometimes we'll learn three pages in a day. It doesn't matter. It cannot be, the goal cannot be, let's finish this, especially this Sefer. It shouldn't be like that with anything, by the way, but specifically this Sefer. And if you finish this Sefer, learn it again, learn it three times. But what does he say? He's saying, this Sefer, what is it really drawing? A panim. It's a face. Get to know the face of this country. Get to know the structure of this country. So with man, it's impossible that his whole chiyus can only be seen through one evar, one uh, limb. Man only comes to life through all 248 limbs. And only when you bring all the limbs together can you see there is a full human being in front of you. There's all these different ma'amarim. Right now we're in ma'amar yud. Ma'amar yud is one limb of the body called b'nei machshav atova. For different etzot and different means, how to get to places, how to get to these levels of consciousness. When only looking at one parak here, you're only looking at one limb of the body called Bnei Machshav Atova. And 
et kolanimtzabo. But what do you have to do? You have to bring together in our hearts and in our nefesh all the different parts of the body if you want it to be a binyan shalem. Meaning every piece that we learn has to go inside if you want, it to, if you want to be able to recognize the face of this book. Because without that, without one part of the book missing, saying you're not really going to get the full, yeah, you'll have some etzahs to do some good stuff in life. You could tell, come home and tell your wife, I'm into Jewish mindfulness. But you want to become a, you want to be part of a conscious community, like what this is called? Ve'az bishvileinu. So here, Josh, he's saying, when you look at the whole thing inside, and you say the word, I want to be close, you'll know exactly what to do. Which is a dream, you know? That's a dream. When I wake up in the morning, and I have a from attack, and I want to do something with it, it's a dream to actually have that manifest and know what does that mean more than just I'm going to shul in the morning. We, we want to know what that means. He's saying without the discipline of the tmidi, of the everyday, then you'll not really, you'll, you might have a haragasha, I want to be close. And some will say, that's beautiful and that's enough. But come on, how many times have we wanted to be close and yet we stopped letting ourselves feel that because we ended up not knowing what to do with that feeling? We've ended up not, what does that mean? I want to be close. We've ended up throwing the whole thing away because we didn't know what to do with that feeling. So, I'd, so we stopped even letting ourselves feel that because it's too painful. So I say, you know what, Azov, don't start with me again. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that, he's saying over here, when this kuntras is brought together piece after piece, learned with chaberim, davened over afterwards, discussed with friends, and it's back and forth, non-stop, You'll get to this picture of, here's what you do. Aval kol elu, now. This is the end. This is really important. Aval kol elu hem rak le'anashim. Everything we said so far is for people shekvar nizkeru v'nifretu berosh dvareinu b'inyanei tochen ha'chevra. We gave guidelines, he said, and whoever was here in the beginning remembers this. When the Piyasetzner began teaching, what did he say about this? Is this a racist group? Yes. As racist as they come. This is an exclusive group. He's saying this stuff that we said right now, that we're describing, which is exalted and beautiful, and I'll invite it to be for the whole world, but it can only work on the context of a group for those mentioned in the beginning when we described what kind of people can be here. Does anyone remember what he said about what kind of people can be here? He said some really interesting things. He talked about people that are in the working field. Remember that? He talked about people that are willing to makabal on themselves, that they need to meet with each other and pour out their hearts to each other. Remember that one? I think he also spoke about people that have patience for themselves, but that have no patience for outsiders coming in and telling them, you guys look like you're a bunch of freaks. We're talking about not refined people that are already refined and they've conquered everything and now you're ready for this. Committed people. That was the word. And then he comes back to it over here. Tmidit. There must be some level of commitment. But like my friend David Sachs in Los Angeles always says, freedom without direction is just another form of slavery. And it's, it's a line that I heard him say many years ago and I've quoted him saying this years. When I saw him in L.A. a few months ago, I was so excited to tell him, you know, David, I've been quoting you for so long. He's like, 
That's not me. I heard that from Rib Shlomo. <laughs> yeah, but it's rooted in there, obviously, but freedom without direction, if this is the form of slavery, so we might get a lot of freedom feeling we're so free now because our minds are at ease. Freedom, that place without direction is just another form of slavery. We've seen many two yeshiva guys get fried way too fast because the fire was there, the freedom was there, but the direction wasn't there. And the ox without a yoke, it just slams its head into a tree. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. There was a guy here visiting over Shabbos, trying to understand what we're doing with Chulei and everything, and I, 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 really, I didn't have a chance to really explain to him what, we, what we're doing here. And I think that this would be the best, hopefully, like this is a tefillah definition, that we could actually provide direction for our ruchnis that exists, that we could actually set it in some kind of a kli and a direction that we, we should know what to do with the fire that we know we have and to enable us to do it on a consistent basis in a holy and healthy way. Gan Eden, guys. To me, at least. And I think for you, too. Yeah. And, that's, and, and he's saying over here, okay, so just remember, that's what this chavra is all about. That's what this sefer is all about. This is what this kuntras is all about. You have to have patience for yourself, but you can't have patience when it comes to, I don't feel like working on myself today. Every day. How much? Just a little. But it's oh, got to be every day. So in those moments when, you, when you're thinking that, practical, practical things to do, when you're feeling that atzlanut, you know, like, in, in this avoda of, like, of, like, being close with Hashem and having a strong mind and, and, and going to the gratitude place, so what, what, would, what would you guys, what would everybody do? Like, what, what do you think would be very helpful to, for you? To what? To, like, to beat the laziness? Yeah, to beat the laziness. Like, what's a, what's a good tool? Like, what do you guys use? I'm sure everybody... No, we're all lazy. Right? <laughs> not all, right? But not all the time, right? You tap into it. I would say, he would say here, call it for what it really is. Huh? Yeah, yeah, just call First it for what it is. Aware yeah. what it is. Just call it. That's not just one step. Let's, let's be honest. You know, the, right. Having the conscious, like Thursday night, you know, long week. You get there, you're exhausted, you don't have the patience for anything, and now you got to get your Shabbat ready. It's very, 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 very easy just to be unconsciously taken, dragged to the next step, whatever it is, get into a fight. I don't know what it is. No, like, it, whatever it is, but the idea to, to stop and be conscious of it is in and of itself a big step. Yeah. One of the awareness that you're being lazy, like laziness is really evil because like, yeah, you don't want to work, so you don't want to work, and then you have to do more work later. It's, Laziness just makes you have to be more lazy later. As soon as you realize you're being lazy, you say, oh, this is self-defeating. I can could, I could, I could procrastinate so much better. I can waste time in a, in a more fun way if I just got my stuff done. I went and I put in the five minutes. It's a good way to trick. It's, no, it's a good mind, mind trick. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. up well. Yeah. And yeah. if you allow Hashem to come into you at that moment, at the laziness... And he's saying over here, eventually, even in the moments of laziness, you're going to have a new machshav, you're saying Hashem. So he's saying, so what are you trying to teach me right now? Right. By putting this midah right in front of me. Yeah, he says, his Rebbe taught him that uh, when you have those moments 
like when you know, your baby cries and you're just, oh, I don't have another ounce of energy, but you get up and you do it. He goes, well, then you just did something godly. You created Yesh and you had zero koach. Mm. So if, if we tap the, into that space of creating Yesh or creating consciousness from unconsciousness, then yeah. it's like the most divine thing. We could all relate to that. Yeah. And the question is, do you have enough guts to then go back to the crib while they're sleeping? And thank them for making you godly. And right, all right, boys. Tuesday, Vezvat Hashem.